0: Welcome back to Just Scrap Radio on BJPen.com. I'm your host, Cole Sheldon. Episode 55. We got a good episode ahead of the Bellator 269, UFC Vegas 41. First up, we're joined by one half of the main event of Bellator 269, Tim Johnson, to preview his fight against Fedor Emelianenko. We talked, this is a really uh, kind of weird fight. A lot of people thought JDS, maybe Face Overdue, maybe Josh Barnett would get that Fedor fight in Russia, ends being Tim Johnson. We talked about how this came together, how we always wanted to go fight in Russia, and how this is kind of a, a surreal moment for him to fight Fedor, but he's not going to let the moment. He's noticed heavyweights in the past have kind of got the, the auras kind of throwing them off. He says, that's not even a problem. He's going to go in there and he knows he has to knock out Fedor if he's going to win this fight. He says, if it goes to distance, even if he controls the fight, he is not going to get the decision win in Russia. That's kind of his mindset and his coach's mindset out of this fight. But really good chat with Tim. I always enjoy talking to him. Next up, we're going to be joined by both fighters of the co-main event of the UFC Vegas 41 card. We're gonna, first going to be joined by Grant Dawson. Kind of talked to Grant about the Diego Ferreira fight falling out and how why, why that fight wasn't rebooked. Obviously, it's a shot at the rankings for Grant, but he just said he wanted to remain active. Diego wouldn't have been back in time, so he wanted to get a fight in. In steps, Ricky Glenn, who's our next guest to preview this fight and when he kind of felt when he kind of found out about this fight, when he kind of thinks of the matchup. Really good chat from both Grant and Ricky. Uh, next up, we're gonna enjoy we're gonna be joined by Ike way to preview his uh, main card fight against Nick, uh, Neg Morano. Uh, Ike always enjoy talking to him. He's coming off of that loss to Marcin know He always said he learned a lot. He said if he has an opponent hard, he has to go finish him because he knows he has the power. That's something he thinks he can do here. Is he thinks he can knock out Nick. But we close things out talking to Jeff Molina to preview his fight against Daniel Lacerda. Jeff Molina, of course, made his UFC debut back at UFC 261, beat uh, uh, Aori Long in a really fun fight. One fight of the night on that really stacked card. Good a performance from him. But now he's fighting a... a UFC newcomer Daniel Lacerda, admits he doesn't know much about him, but he's expected to get the job done and start to work his way up into those ranked opponents half-fly, but really good show. Hope you all enjoy. Be sure to share the show, subscribe, and thank you all. All right, we're joined by Bellator Heavyweight Tim Johnson, who's got the biggest fight of his career coming up here. Tim, how's it going, man?
1: Nah, it's going great. It's going great. Is it fair
0: to say that? This is probably like, I would assume this is the biggest fight of your career, even though you just fought for an interim belt, like <laughs> fighting Fedor, that has to top it
1: um yeah no I think uh you know probably going back to last summer I think every fight at this point's been the biggest fight of my career <laughs> it just seems like it just keeps going that way um but yeah the you know fighting Fedor uh definitely is uh you know the cherry on top of the Sunday that has been uh you know the, the recent uh career that I've had
0: <laughs> I just quickly want to touch upon your last fight there was a really entertaining fight against valentine like what do you kind of take away from that one
1: Uh you know i took away um you know the only thing that happened with that fight is you know i honestly thought it was gonna be a split decision i didn't know which way it was gonna go and i could uh you know i would have handled the loss um uh, you know the only thing that i was i was a little frustrated with a you know a judge giving a 45 50, didn't give me one round i was a little angry about that but you know uh that fight is you know make some changes and definitely get a win. I didn't try to wrestle one bit in that. Uh you know, the game plan that fight was to force him to stand up, force create a fight, you know, uh, you know, I think Moldowski's biggest like knock that people had against him is um, you know, he kind of you know, he points his way, he doesn't really stand in there and fight. And sometimes it can be a little bit of a boring fight. And you know, I've had that, you know, people think I'm a boring fighter too, but I'm trying to break that spell. And, you know, I think I, had, I actually, you know, wrestled a little bit uh, and, you know, incorporated it a little bit more that I probably would have walked away to win. Um, you know, I got nothing to hang my head out uh, about during that fight. I was pretty happy with the performance I put on. And Fedor's is
0: obviously in his corner, like he's his protege. So, like, after watching that fight, like, do you kind of think he saw something? and he's like, I want to fight Tim? Or how did this kind of all come together?
1: You know there's two people there's uh there's two ways to look at it you know Fedor had a bunch of names in front of him as well, and you know he picked me, and you know a lot of people think uh th- that he picked me because he thinks it's gonna be an easy win for him and you know i'm on I'm on the part where I think that he got twenty five minutes of watching me uh he knows that i'm gonna be I'm there to fight, I'm there to scrap, and he he wants that type of fight um and you know that's why he picked me. Uh, You know, I've said it a couple times, you know, Fedor, he's, uh, you know, a warrior. and he has a warrior mentality. Uh, You know, come home with your shield or on your shield and he wants to go out there and have a war.
0: When this fight was announced, like, you saw it, there was a lot of, like, just backlash on you, which I don't get why it's on you. Like, all you did was sign the contract. It's not like you you were like, oh, no, I'm going to fight Fedor. Like, I I think it was because, like, they saw names like JDS, like uh, Verdum, like Josh Barnett throwing their name out there. So, like after seeing this, like I'm sure this is probably a big moment for you getting this fight and seeing all the backlash. Like, what was that kind of week? Two like two weeks span, like
1: he, you know, it. I'm used to that. You know, he probably wasn't. You know, <laughs> you know, I'm used to people. You know, uh, you know, people put me. They like me just fine as long as I'm. They if I stay in that group that box of just being a medium you know a middle of the road fighter and now that i'm trying to claw my way out of that box um i'm starting to see a little more hate from people and you know that's fine by me um it, it, people are going off of the way i used to fight back in my usc day by uh, the usc days where i just kind of grind out fights and you know trying to trying not to lose a fight rather than win a fight you know that's not that's not who i am anymore and um and you know, this is uh you know I'm going to go out there and try to put on a show. I understand, you know, they had they had two months of, you know, thinking about all these dream fights to make up. You know, people were throwing Lesnar in there. Well, why the heck would Lesnar come in? <laughs> uh, you know, there's just all the kinds of scenarios. So when they saw Tim Johnson, like, oh, man, who's this bum? And I'm like, oh, I'll go show you who this bum is, I guess.
0: And then, you know, it's not even just fighting Fedor. You're fighting Fedor in Russia. So <laughs> what's that like to have it go into Russia to fight him?
1: Uh, you know, it's kind of a long-running joke that I have with me and my team. Um, if I don't win by submission or knockout, I'm probably not going to win, no matter how the fight plays out. You know, be it in Russia, um, I'm probably not going to win a decision there. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it's uh, two birds with one stone for me. I've always, uh, my whole life, the one country I've always wanted to go visit is Russia. And people always looked at me weird. And now I get to go, I get to pay to go, I get to fight in Russia and get to see the country and the city of Moscow, and I can't wait
0: are you going to stay there a bit after the fight to explore? Is it back home to the States right after yeah,
1: back home to the States right after I'll be out there a week. So I should be able to get plenty of sightseeing, but uh, you know, I'll be getting back to uh, actually flying back to Minnesota instead of Las Vegas to uh, get the tail end of harvest done.
0: That's actually what I want to touch on. Cause I remember when we were talking before your fight with the Valentine, like you had to get time off of the uh, army for them to let you train. Like, And then having a fight like four months later, do you have to go back and basically say I need more time off again? Uh, No,
1: now this time I'm going back uh, for to go work in the field uh, for you know it's harvest time right now, so I got to go throw down some fertilizer so I can get uh, get ready for next spring. (laughs) Uh, The is the army you on a break right then? I'm just in the National Guard, so I'm actually I will be in Minnesota. The weekend before my fight, doing my uh and my monthly drill, so I will leave camp Ripley and go to Moscow. Uh,
0: this fight against Fedor, like you kind of mentioned it, like how much pressure are you kind of putting on yourself to get the finish because this could be like it might be Fedor's retirement fight, it's definitely Fedor's last fight in Russia. Like it's hard to see him losing a decision,
1: <laughs> you know. And um, I'm just going out the mentality he's gonna knock me out or I'm gonna knock him out, and that's just the way I'm going go into this fight. I don't want to be in there for 15 minutes. I don't want to go in there. I want to go out. I don't want to try to run around and outpoint or, you know, tire him out or whatever kind of game plan. Um, I want to go put on a fight. And, you know, if I lose, I lose. All of the, you know, the cards will lay. I still got plenty of opportunities in front of me, I think. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go out and leave it out all, all in the cage, just like he is. Like I said, this is going to be his retirement fight. He's going to be coming out with everything he has and it's not going to be just a run-a-mill fight for him he's going to be whatever you know all these years of fighting it's going to be very fresh in his mind and he's going to want to put out uh, he's going to want to go out with a win
0: and with Fedor too like I've talked to people like after they fought him and they always say like they get thrown off when they get in there about that like or and kind of mystique of being in there to kind of throws them off the game like how do you kind of deal with that <clears throat> like how um, do
1: you kind of deal with that I, you know, I don't know. I haven't thought about that aspect of it. Um, you know, I'm used to being an underdog, used to kind of, you know, fans and all that. I don't, I don't really wrap my head into too much of that. Um, you know, I have fought in Brazil against Brazilians. So either, I guess I kind of had that uh, in the repertoire. Uh, you know, I'll just try to, you know, just focus is like, whatever. When his, when his music on your walkout comes on, I'll zone out and talk to my coaches. Is it still
0: surreal to say you're fighting Fedor to people? Yeah, it well,
1: probably won't actually technically hit me until I'm actually I'm on the flight over to Russia. <laughs> right now, I'm just I'm training, you know, doing the thing that I do, the best thing I could do to win the fight. I haven't really put a lot of thought process into the fight itself yet.
0: You mentioned you're just kind of looking to finish them, like a knockout or submission. Do you kind of think the knockout's kind of more likely, or would because Fedor's a tough guy on the ground
1: to submit? Yeah, no, I mean. uh it's, if we're going to look for the easier route, it's definitely going it to would be a knockout. But I don't even think a knockout is going to be an easy route. Um, you know, a lot of people think his chin's gone just because you know that would happen to Bader and Mitrone. And you know, a lot of people are saying that about me too because I got you know kind of I got limped, uh, giraffe leg by a jab. Sometimes that shit just happens. I think he's got plenty. He's got plenty of fight left in him.
0: Your career in Bellator is still kind of like so crazy. You just start off on that losing streak. You go on this tear. You fight for a title. Like after that fight against mitakov, like would you have thought, like, what, two years later, you're fighting Fedor and after just fighting for a belt in Bellator?
1: <laughs> no, I don't. De- you know, it was definitely a crossroads for me. Um, you know, that was uh, my first fight camp in Vegas. Because uh, after my first with Check, my first fight with Check is when I packed up and moved out to Vegas. And um, you know, it took a little while for everything to kind of line up, and you know, it was it was almost like, well, am I going to keep walking out here for just to kind of collect a paycheck and you know, abuse my body, or am I going to, uh, you know, actually totally commit myself and to, you know be a fighter that I know I can be that no one's seen yet, and uh, you know, it was kind of a turning point, and I went the, the other way. Well,
0: what kind of has changed so much since you went to
1: Vegas? uh it's just you know the the partners that you have um they keep you honest <laughs> you know i was able to get away with a lot of mistakes you know i had a great great team great coaches up there in fargo but you know when you're um the training partners aren't quite up to the same par um you you get a lot of bad habits um and you know and, and bad habits aren't aren't erased overnight so it took a couple of years to to kind of erase those and you know that, that all goes to, you know the team out here the training partners i have every day and, you know, all the credit to my success goes to them. How much are you going to
0: look back at that fight in Brazil? Because I think Brazil and Russia, if you fight a Brazilian in Brazil or a Russian in Russia, like those crowds are very <laughs> hostile. It's Like you see a lot of people really do, uh, can't fight under the pressure that well.
1: Uh, I'm fine with it. You know, I, I actually embrace it. I think it's kind of fun. Um, I kind of look at it and like how many people get to experience stuff like this? Not very many. So <laughs> gotta take, you got know, to just kind of embrace that
0: what do you think a win over fedor like does for you right now like not even just legs you but like puts you in this division um you know this
1: division i think a win over fedor will get me a chance in the door for a uh, number one contender fight um you know looking i said this in our interview like there's no way i'm looking past fedor but um you have to have a grand plan of things to help plans play out we get a win against fedor um i don't know maybe me and check three for the number, uh, for the winner against Vader and, uh, Moldovsky. Uh, maybe we, we fight in February. Um, and like I said, I don't know. Uh, it's not my business. No one really knows that, you know, Minakov and Bellator have been going back and forth for a couple of years now. And now he's fighting again uh, in Moscow. Glad to see that. And, you know, maybe I get a rematch with him in February. Uh, and those are just kind of a couple options Maybe we fight for, you know, the number one contender spot.
0: Who is going out to Russia with you?
1: Uh, it's going to be my coach, Nate Pettit, uh, coach uh, from out here in the stream and two coaches uh, from back in my uh, Academy of Combat Arts in Fargo, uh, Dylan Slicer, and then a uh, uh, coach I've been brought along as I've come along a couple of times, uh, Joe Troutier. Um I promised him many years ago if I ever fought in Russia that I'd bring him along.
0: <laughs> and then like just build off that other question, like for your own like legacy in Korea, like to go down once you retire to see you have like a win over Fedor, like what would that mean for you? Because like he's considered like arguably the best heavyweight of all time.
1: You know, that's uh you know, just add it to the resume. Um, you know, that's kind of what I'm you know, next two years, three years of my career here, I'm trying to make make my own uh you know uh history and something I can look back on and this is gonna be this is gonna be part of it.
0: Uh just last thing you kind of mentioned February is that kind of the time frame you're looking at? Like this will be the last fight of this year, and just kind of see what Belter does the heavyweight division.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, just kind of doing the math here. You know, Bader Bader wins the semifinals. You know, that's coming up here pretty soon. I forgot what the date is on that. I think it's a week but before I, your card. Yeah, I think so too. And so you're thinking you're looking at the finals. The light heavyweight will probably be, you know, maybe December or the, it will probably be January for the finals of that. And then, you know, whatever happens there, like they won't be fighting until, you know, April-ish, somewhere around there. So get our fight all the way for the number one contender, then they fight, and I'm just kind of doing math. <laughs> and and I'd like to have a fight in February because I do have a three-week military school I have to do in March. <laughs> well,
0: Tim, I appreciate <laughs> the time as always. Thank you so much for doing this.
1: Yep, no, absolutely.
0: All right, we're joined by UFC lightweight Grant Dawson, who's returning a bit later than he was supposed to. Grant, how's
2: it going, man? Uh, great. Thank you so much for having me on the show again.
0: Yeah, no problem. I just want to start off. You're supposed to fight Diego for hair. When we're doing this, it would be tomorrow you're supposed to fight him. Like when you found out he was out, like how disappointing was that? Because that was your first guy you're supposed to fight in the rankings.
2: <clears throat> yeah, um disappointed for sure. Uh, I understand injuries happen and I understand, um, you know, he's got to do what's best for his health and, and, and his family. And I don't have any ill will towards that. But it, it was very disappointing for me. Um, it's, I'm in this sport to be a world champion, and, or everything that I've done has been a waste of my time. So getting that, getting that shot to be able to you know, jump to the next level, maybe start talking about top 10 guys, top 5 guys, world titles, you know, and now I'm, I'm a step back. It's frustrating for sure. Um, we're moving past it. I just want to fight. we got to fight against a tough opponent, and I do believe that me and Diego will meet. Uh, in the future. He said that he's going to be ready to go in December. And if he doesn't have an opponent already, by the time me and Rick fight, I will, uh, I will be stepping up to fight him again. Uh,
0: something I just want to quick touch on. Like, did you ask the UFC to stay on that October 2nd card or like even just postpone the Diego fight? Or is it just like whenever you can get me and get
2: me in? So we... Originally asked to keep the opponent and move to November 13th. Uh, Diego said that he would be ready November 13th or somebody said he would be ready November 13th. I don't know if it was Diego. Um, Turns out the injury is too severe. He can't do November 13th. uh, So, so he can do December. I can't wait until December. I need to be active. I want to get three fights in this year and I've only got one so far. So, We said, cool, put me back on October. And they said, uh, there's an opening October 23rd against Rick Glenn. Would that interest you? And we said, yes.
0: And Ricky Glenn, like, was this someone you had your eye on, or is it just the guy that stepped up to fight you?
2: Um, I watch more film than any UFC fighter on the roster currently. I'm I'm not just a fighter. I'm such a fan of the sport. I knew who Rick Glenn was. I thought we were going to end up fighting each other at 145 pounds. I moved up he moved up. Um, so it just makes sense. I've known who he was for a very long time. I've watched him for a very long time. So uh, getting a familiar face was, was, um, I think, almost better. Uh, I know he's tough. I know what he's going to come in and do. Um, he's not some young kid off the street that that uh, is going to come in and just try to blow my head off. I think that he, he's got experience. He's got a little name to him. Uh, it's not the name we wanted, but It's a name we got, and we're doing it.
0: I literally just talked to him like an hour ago, and something he brought up is he said he thinks it's going to be hard for you to prepare for him or any fighter prepare for him just because he hasn't fought in three years. You don't know what he's like, and then his last fight, it's like that one punch out in 30 seconds. Like, So how hard is it to prepare because you don't really know how he's looked after three years or what he's kind of improved on?
2: Yeah, man, uh, there's not a whole lot of guys – in the division that's going to change how I fight. I'm going to get in his face and I'm going to take him down. and I'm going to beat him up for 15 minutes or until he gives up. Uh, I get what he's saying. He's coming off of a knockout. I'm also coming off of a knockout. That doesn't mean that me and him both got ridiculous knockout power. Now Uh, he caught someone. I caught someone. Every other fight he's had in the UFC has been a decision. Most of them split decisions. Uh, I think that he's tough. I think that he's durable I just think that I'm better everywhere.
0: I know you're a guy that really likes to go into the tapes, but like how far back do you look? Cause like other than his most recent fight, it was 2018. And again, like you don't really know, like if that's the same fighter at all from three years ago. Cause even like yourself, like you're a completely different fighter than what you were three years ago.
2: Yeah. There's things that you really can't change um, that I'm looking for. Uh, I look for what your natural stance is and which arm you guillotine with. And that's pretty much, you know, what, what I look at. Uh, obviously, I study and I study and I study. I don't think he'll come out orthodox out of nowhere. And I don't think that uh, he's not really a big guillotine guy. So other than those two weapons, I, I really don't see how it's going to matter. Uh, I got to watch out for his, uh, his straight cross. Um, but we're, we're preparing for that. And, you know, he can say, he can say that nobody can prepare for him what 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 is he doing that the rest of us aren't doing what what training over at rufus sport is he doing that that i don't see every single day like oh he's got a straight right he hits hard everybody has a straight right and everybody hits hard or straight left whichever it is uh everybody hits hard cool like all right see how that works when i put you on your back
0: Uh, like how do you kind of see yourself winning is it basically how you normally do just get right in their face take them down and if the finish happens it happens
2: yeah man I have a one-size-fits-all style Uh, I'm gonna jam that lead side of his I'm gonna watch that cross and uh, I'm gonna get in on his legs take him down and beat him up until he quits
0: with your cardio too like is that something you think a lot of these guys won't be able to handle because like your pressure I don't think many people can fight off their back foot for 15 minutes how you kind of force them to
2: yeah, um, I always say an aggressive fighter is dangerous, a smart fighter is dangerous, but when you put them together, that's when you get a world-class fighter. And uh, I think that's where I'm at. I'm I'm not just an aggressive fighter, I'm a smart fighter, and I know how to pressure without putting myself in danger. There's always that risk of getting knocked out. Uh, Leonardo Santos had a bunch of knockouts, um, knocked out Stevie Ray, knocked out Leonardo Or – I'm sorry uh, – Knocked out Kevin Lee. Apologies. So he he had knockout power, too. Uh, he's got more knockouts than Rick Glenn has. And I'm not disrespecting Rick Glenn's power. But you got to understand, if you are going into a fight and you are relying on me getting tired or knocking me out, good luck. You've got to be a better fighter than me to beat me. And there's just not a whole lot of them out there. He beats a lot of guys because uh, he's got heart and he he keeps working. I have heart and I keep working but I've also got the technique uh, and the uh, the fight IQ to to back it up. So I really do think that we are similar in attitude and complete opposites in style if that makes sense.
0: I know you guys were both featherweights moving up but like even just seeing you guys like on the TV inside the Octagon it seems like you've kind of got bigger at 55. Like do you think you'll have a size advantage in there?
2: Um yeah. I think people confuse height with size a lot of times or weight with strength. And I don't think that's the, that's, that's super accurate. I'm guessing we'll come in. I'll be probably five pounds heavier than him at most. Maybe he'll be a little bit. I, that's not important to me. I think that once I get him down and he feels how strong I am, it's it's really not going to matter. I fought a lot of lanky dudes. I fought Julian Arosa, Mike Trezano, I've seen his style before. I've seen the tall, lanky striker. Everybody's got the same stupid game plan when they fight me. Stay on the outside. Don't let him take you down. Knock him out. Good luck, bro. Twenty. Uh, I've had like twenty-seven fights uh, if, in my pro and amateur career. They've all had the same game plan, and very, very few of them have ever succeeded.
0: How much has training camp or the guys you're working with changed, if at all, from Diego to Ricky? Because I think you had like, what, four or five weeks from the opponent change?
2: Yeah, so we got about four weeks. Um, I'm having my training partner, stand Southpaw, and, uh, you know, we're, we're focusing a little less on the jujitsu aspect and a little more on, on being able to get them down and be awkward. I'm going with some more um, more awkward guys. I feel like uh, Rick's a little awkward on the ground. He's a little awkward striking. He's got kind of his own style. And so I'm just trying to confuse my brain as much as possible with these with these styles without getting injured. So uh, I I don't think there's too much that we have to change. I think all of my main training partners beat him. Uh, So, you know, if I can if I can hang with them, I can hang with him.
0: What's it like to in the gym? Because you have Jeff Moline on your card. You have like Tim Elliott, uh, Julian Marquez, like a bunch of you guys are all kind of fighting like a two week span.
2: Yeah, we've we've had this done before, where we all fought back to back to back to back to back to back to back like eight weeks in a row, and that was my last fight when I fought Santos. So like James would be in for a couple of days and then out for a couple of days, and then in for a couple of days and out for a couple of days, and so that I think that really helped with this um, with this go around. So I'm used to him being gone. He's he's gone for tomorrow. Mike Breeden is fighting, um, and then next week he's got uh, Tim, and then the week after that he's got Julian, and then the week after that he's got me and Jeff and. I've fought on uh, cards with teammates before. Uh, when I fought Trezano, I had uh, I had teammates on the card before. I had Megan Anderson and uh, Zach Cummings on the card as well. It's nothing new to me, man. It's not none of this is new to me. There's nothing Rick is going to bring out that's going to shake me. There's nothing that the situation is going to bring out that's going to shake me. Uh, it, it's all good. He shows up on uh, on time, on weight, and ready to fight. I'll be there.
0: You get your hand raised here. Like, is the plan just to? call out diego again just get that one rebooked
2: yeah man um diego is definitely next i believe it, it makes sense to me if he's booked i'm down for somebody else in the top 15 uh but whatever progresses my career and as long as i get to fight in december again i i'm not really super picky
0: yeah i think it has to be a rank though for you next if you win this one
2: you would think so especially if i come out with a finish um, which is a which is a goal of mine obviously always but rick has never been finished in the ufc a lot of and even the good guys that have beat him have
0: i i think you're muted now are you get, are we good oh yeah i got you now i got you okay now.
2: um rick, rick has never been finished in the ufc and even the good guys that he's fought haven't been able to put him away so going into this fight i get a finish I get a dominant performance. It's ranked and legends from there and on out.
0: Uh, just a couple more things. I know you called out uh, Clay Guida. Were you a bit disappointed you didn't get that matchup or was it was kind of better that you were kind of matched up with Diego after that anyways?
2: Man, I, I'm here. There's guys that I want to fight that I know I'm probably never going to be able to fight. Uh, Clay Guido is one of them because I'm, I'm am i I'm a fan of Clay Guida. I've grown. When I was in high school, he fought Diego Sanchez for that awesome you know, uh, back and forth fight. So fighting those types of guys is really, really on my bucket list. If I get ranked after this fight, there's no way I'll ever be able to fight Clay Guida. There isn't, you know? So if they said, Hey, do you want to take a a step back, fight Clay Guida, um, and then get ranked? I would say yes, because, you know, I want to fight those legends and I want to want to put a couple of those guys away, you know, just, just for me, I don't, I don't need to do any of this for anybody else. The belt's still going to be there. I'm young. I just gain more experience. Um, that's definitely something I would love to still do. I don't think I will get that fight, especially since he's coming off of a loss to Marco Madison. Um, but there's other legends that I have in mind, Tony Ferguson being one of them. I genuinely do not like Tony Ferguson, and I would love to use my elbows to put an Xbox logo on his forehead.
0: How come you don't like Tony Ferguson? He's like a guy I think that are just kind of universally liked by a lot of people.
2: Why? All, I, he, I does, all he does is talk crap. All he does is is he, he talks shit on fighters. He talks shit on um on reporters. Like he's the most annoying and and backwards dude, and, and he's he's a bully. He talks about uh uh Benil Darush and then goes up and shakes his hand. He talks about Dana White. He talks about and and none of his stuff. He says Khabib is running from him. This dude, this dude, you getting me on one right now. This dude. Uh, is on a three-fight losing streak, two of which he got out-wrestled by jiu-jitsu guys. And he's over here saying that Khabib doesn't want to fight because he's scared of him. Yeah I, yeah,
0: I guess you got a point.
2: What do you <laughs> Like, oh, man. Like, the, these guys get him down and they're trying to submit him. I'm not going to try to submit him. I'm going to try to break him. I'm going to try to use my elbows bone on bone and hear that echo in his head
0: of just a few more things too like december are you hoping pay-per-view back in front of fans or like even just one of the fight nights at the apex are good enough for you
2: i want to stay off pay-per-view man i love uh the idea of being on a pay-per-view big show that's gonna come i want to be on as many fight nights as i can because it's easier to win bonuses less big names
0: that, that's actually true and most fighters always be like oh, i want to be on the pay-per-views like but then they kind of get buried on the early prelims and like Not many people really watch those. You also
2: have to remember that more people are going to watch the fight nights because they're free. Yeah. You know, like I get that everybody, MMA isn't a draw sport anymore. It's a sport. Nobody watches football because, oh man, I got to tune in for this game because this is our rival. Like nobody cares anymore. You just watch football if you're a football fan. So now it comes down to, yes, these are big fights, blah, blah, blah. The eyes are going to be the same because you have to pay for one. They're bigger fights, sure. But the lower cards, the the fight nights, they're free. So more people are going to watch them. You get the same amount of eyes, in my opinion, and you have a better chance at winning bonus money. Put me on as many of the, uh, the fight nights as you can.
0: I think the only exception still is if you can get on a McGregor main card because those outdraw anything, but those are one fight, one time a year maybe. And you got to be one of four fights to get that.
2: Yeah, but the problem is, a guy like me isn't gonna be on the main card of a McGregor card. The guy, a guy like me, they're gonna put against a really, really tough dude. I'm gonna get Dan Hooker was just a um, was just uh, against Nazrat. That is an incredible fight. The number six guy in the world versus the number, uh, I believe, 18th guy in the world or, or 17th or something like that. That's an incredible fight, and it was on the undercard of of uh that pay-per-view so it gets lost in sometimes now the fight didn't really live up to what i thought it was going to be but those are two really great fighters looking to fight each other so if if you put me on one of those mcgregor cards obviously i'm going to say yes but i think i would get lost in the mix and i think that a lot of people would forget um forget about my performance no matter how good it was
0: uh just last thing I think this might get you, fire you up a little bit. How is James Krause not nominated for Coach of the Year? I do not understand it. Was Khabib nominated? I don't think so. No. Okay. Pull up exactly.
2: If Khabib is nominated, I'm upset because Khabib has been uh, a coach for 13 days. Like, (laughs) the guys that he's coaching are already world, world class athletes. James is taking, I'm a little nerdy kid from stromsburg nebraska there were 26 people in my graduating class and somehow through james and through my hard work i'm fighting for the largest promotion in the world like and and people don't people don't see that and i i think that i told james this man like you didn't get it this time you might not get it next year but at some point when you start producing these world champions um, we got guys coming from Ireland. We got guys coming from Canada. We got guys coming from, uh, all over the world to train with us. Like we're not just a Midwest gym anymore. We are taking in all these guys. We got James Gallagher. We got, uh, uh, Connor's friggin' teammate. Like how yeah. does James leaves Ireland and trains with us full time now because he understands how good of a coach and how good of a room we have. And that I told him, man, it's cool. Not this year. You're going to win it next year. How many coaches ever win it twice in a row or twice at all, even, you know? So you didn't get it this year. You're going to get it next year. If you don't get it next year, you're going to get it the year after that, because I'm going to be a world champion and I'll make sure you do.
0: Yeah. So the coaches nominated were Nick Sick, which I totally agree with. Henry Hooft, Mike Brown, Trevor Whitman, Jason Perillo. But like the thing with Perillo and Whitman, like Whitman has Usman Gagey roles. Like he only has three fighters and he got Usman when he was already a champion. I don't really even. Perillo does like Mackenzie Dern, Cheeto Vera, not many, but like, and then even with like Mike Brown and Henry Hoof, like they're out in Florida. They're always going to get people because who doesn't want to go live in Florida? Like uh, to Kansas, like do people really want to go to Kansas to live and train?
2: That's what I'm saying. Where I, I'm a huge fan of Henry Hoof, and this is no, I'm, I think he's a fantastic coach. All I'm saying is all, every coach that you've mentioned, has been handed these incredible, incredible athletes. Um, Again, huge fan of Henry Hoof. I'm not saying anything bad about the man. He's a striking coach. He's a striking coach that gets these ridiculously good grapplers like Gilbert Burns and Usman uh, before Usman left and turning them into really, really great strikers. And so then their wrestling complements their striking, which is amazing. James is taking guys that aren't good at grappling and making them good at grappling. Guys that aren't good at striking, like myself, making them good at striking. And I think that that he's a little bit more of a well-rounded coach. Now I will say that since he hasn't had a world champion yet, he hasn't had, um, he's only got like two guys in the top 15. Um, I, I can understand because hoof uh, who's, who's incredible hoof has a bunch of world champions. Um, and uh, uh, who is the other one that Usman went to um, uh, Trevor Whitman, Trevor Whitman. Thank you. Trevor Whitman, he may only have 3 guys but all of them have been champions. So that's pretty he's at he's batting 100 right now. So I I get it and I I do think that uh Henry will win and it hasn't been announced yet, right? Like no, who wins? No. Yeah, I think Henry will win. Um but uh I just from my point of view it's like you're already handed like like uh, Dwayne Ludwig for the longest time was considered one of the best. That dude is not a good coach. Like he's really not. He's a kickboxer that has been given these incredible, incredible athletes like TJ Dillashaw. Who, who is Dwayne Ludwig's best athlete besides TJ?
0: I don't even know who else he coaches. That's the same thing I always said about John Kavanaugh. He always got so much praise. He had McGregor. Outside of McGregor, who really had success at, at that gym? Like Artem Lobov is their next best guy?
2: Well, I would think that Jimmy is their next uh, – Gallagher
0: Yeah, is their next best like, guy. But when I'm McGregor's making his – when mcgregor's making his rise like gallagher wasn't even really that big of a thing and everyone thought kavanaugh was such a good coach because he had mcgregor that was a two-way champion but no one else really came out of that gym to do anything
2: right and i'm gonna be honest with you man um i've trained with gallagher a lot i rolled with him two days ago um i think he's better than connor like connor's definitely a little more dangerous striking and definitely a bigger hype uh hype thing but Gallagher is a better fighter and you don't hear them talking about how Trevor or I'm sorry how uh, Kavanaugh turned him into a good fighter you know what I mean so it's really just a popularity contest I feel like a lot of the times and since we don't have that like super super superstar that just ridiculous you know like pretty soon Sean O'Malley's coach is going to be nominated for coach of the year and I don't even know who the hell that is
0: yeah I think he was on the ultimate fighter and he got knocked out and then other than that like I don't really know And, like, he only does O'Malley. Like, you can't even take credit for, like, Casey Kenny, Kyler Phillips, because those are all, like, the MMA lab guys, where O'Malley, like, trains half the time, and the other half is just his one coach.
2: I didn't even know Casey Kenny and O'Malley had the same coach.
0: No, uh, so they train together, but Kenny and Kyler Phillips are at the lab, where O'Malley splits half the time, and then the other
2: half is just with Tim, like, his own coach. Yeah, see what I'm... And if that guy... And I do think Sean O'Malley is a great striker, but if that guy gets nominated for Coach of the Year, you know it's a popularity contest, and no one actually cares about who Coach of the Year is.
0: Well, Grant, I appreciate the time. Thank you so much for doing this. Yeah. All right, we're joined by UFC Lightweight Ricky. Glad who's stepping up on short notice. Ricky, how's it going, man?
3: It's going great. Just finished training session. Just in between stuff here in Des Moines, Iowa, and things are going great.
0: Uh First thing I just want to start off, like when did you find out about this fight against Grant? Because obviously Diego Ferreira got pulled or he had to withdraw. And then I know you guys got pushed back a couple of weeks. It was like was that on your doing?
3: A little bit. Um, you know, I saw the matchup right away when when uh Fierra, his opponent, when Grant's opponent backed out. And um I was interested in it just because I've been I've been wanting to stay busy. Um but I, I thought it was a little too soon. And so I found out. It's been at least a couple weeks ago, but um, I've I've had a, you know, still a decent little training camp, and ever since my last fight back in June, um, I got got right back into the gym and and did everything I was supposed to be doing.
0: Are you surprised the UFC didn't turn you around quicker just because, like, that was your first fight in, like, over and around, like, almost three years, and... You finish them in 37 seconds, like, I thought they would have tried to get you right back in there to kind of build off some of that hype.
3: Yeah, that's what I was expecting them to get me back in there, like, by the end of the summer, I thought. And, um, you know, I told them I'm looking to stay busy and just I've been ready and just didn't happen. But but luckily, I got a matchup now
0: and grant dawson like is this someone you've kind of had your eye on uh, to fight in the past
3: no i mean i've I've seen him fight but um i think he's at the point obviously he's he's about to climb up in the rankings so it's kind of one of those one of those fights that um you know whoever whoever gets it done here is, is kind of moving on um higher rankings type stuff
0: what have you made of his run so far in the ufc
3: well, he's five and zero, so that's impressive. Um, I haven't seen all of his fights, but I know he's a, a tough, tough wrestler, good striker out of James Cross's gym. Uh, I imagine they're going to be well prepared for for what I do. Um, luckily, they have haven't seen much footage uh, from from my last fight. You know, I didn't even get hit and ended in thirty seven seconds. So, um, there's a few things that they probably saw from that, but. Um, I, I've improved even since since my last fight, and I'm I'm ready for anything that he's bringing to the table.
0: Yeah, how how much of a benefit is that? Because it's really hard for fighters and other coaches to kind of look at you because you were you totally different from 2018, and the one fight they have is it was basically just a one punch, and he of the fight. So there's nothing to really know how much better your skills are.
3: Yes, it's nice you know i I didn't get any didn't take any damage, didn't get hit at all in and out but um I imagine they probably think they probably think that um, most fighters are gonna have some tendencies that that last for years um, and I've watched a lot of my footage and kind of dissected myself as as if I were gonna fight myself um, you know after every fight I'd do that and and see where someone can beat me. So I'm looking through their lens as well, where, you know, where's he going to best best beat me at? And I'm working on all my weaknesses and, and, and staying sharp.
0: What is training camp like just because you didn't have as much time as a normal one to prepare?
3: Um, just my usual stuff. I'll, I'll train in the morning. I usually wake up a couple hours before I need to leave the house. And I got a little bit of a drive, got about an hour drive to Des Moines here. And I'm just here all day. I uh, will sleep in my car in between practices sometimes, and um, I'll train in the morning, something midday, and then I, and then I'll, I'll do something in the evening. And I've I've also been teaching uh, kids and adults gi jiu-jitsu classes recently here at Absolute, and um, I just try to I'm been trying to be better about reading my body, and not grinding so hard, and and um, and pushing myself to injuries like I used to when I was younger.
0: How do you think you kind of match up against Grant?
3: Uh, you know, I, I think it's a good matchup. He's, you know, he's undefeated in the UFC, so that's cool. And he's right there. I think uh, his opponent is number 12, uh, ranked number 12. So he's, you know, is right there to start climbing into the ranks and, um, you know, I'm I'm ready to get back up in there. I think the highest ranked I, I was at, at 145 was 14th in the world. And then I, I bounced around a little bit. Had some injuries, long layoff. So now I I feel like everything's in line for me to to make a big shift and and um you know, showcase my skills and, and show the world in the UFC what I
0: what you know, I'm capable of. You guys are both former featherweights that moved up. So like, do you think the size will be pretty similar then?
3: Yeah, probably. Probably similar. I mean, he he must have been a pretty big featherweight too, um to to move up um you know i've i had over two years for my body to adjust to a heavier weight class so so i i had hadn't uh cut weight and it was what over two and a half years so my body just naturally leveled out higher and you know, i was able to get more strength and, and and train with some heavier guys so i maybe i'll have an advantage there
0: how do you kind of see this fight playing out
3: Oh man, <laughs> I don't give away too much, but he's probably going to back up a little bit, try to reel me in big overhand tr- for a takedown, um, push me up against the cage, but yeah, he, he wants to get on top and, and try to throw some big punches on me or, or take my back.
0: Is the wrestling defense something you're really working on in this camp or is it more about just uh, your skills?
3: Yeah, just my skills. You know, i I try to work on everything, um, boxing jujitsu kickboxing the wrestling um the conditioning stuff the mobility stuff it's a, it's kind of a balancing act
0: with grant too like he's a very durable guy like is this one fight you probably think you got to prepare for like 15 hard minutes with him
3: yeah probably you know he's a similar tough midwestern guy probably you know hard worker i don't know too much about him but i I prepared, you know, zero to hundred right off the bell, so I'm ready to go.
0: I think your last fight kind of showed your power too. Like, how much more like stronger do you feel at 55 compared to when you Dude, were at 45?
3: Way stronger. I think. I think just get my body healthy and recovering from that big hip surgery that I had. I have more mobility, in my body, and my so. My joints and my, my body's just a lot more freed up, but yeah, I, I felt like I was floating afterwards. I was just like, wow, just I felt super. I didn't didn't get to engage with him too much, but I felt I felt really powerful and and really quick.
0: Where do you think a win over Grant puts you in the division? Because he was a guy that was supposed to fight someone in the rankings. So obviously the UFC is pretty high, and I'm like, like you said, he was probably right near the rankings.
3: Yeah, I I think a, a win over Grant will get me around top fifteen or you know close to it.
0: Do you really plan to call anyone out with a win like someone in the ranks or just whoever the UFC offers you? I'm not looking past
3: them, but um yeah, you, whoever they put in front of me um i'm I'm just taking it day by day, owning the day, taking care of my body and and pushing it as hard as hard as I can and doing all the right things.
0: after missing like nearly three years, are you hoping maybe even one more in this year? you think this is probably it for you?
3: Oh, yeah, I, I, right after my last fight, I said that I'd like to get two more fights in by the end of the year. So, all goes well, and I, I leave um, leave Vegas healthy, you know, no injuries. I'd, I'd like to get back in there by January for sure.
0: At 55, too, like how much more of a benefit is where it's a fight like this where you can take on short notice and the weight's not like that big of a concern? Yeah, I, you know, I don't think it's too
3: short notice. Um, it was kind of perfect. I was already – gearing up for something soon and um so the t- timing works out great um i guess i don't want to get into too much details on my my weight cuts and stuff but i you know it, most people it's going to take a week to to get on weight or you know two weeks it's kind of perfect if you're walking around clean already fully hydrated it's going to take about a week and a half two weeks to to focus on your weight
0: what you get it was it wasn't it all like four four and a half weeks no or something like that
3: yeah it's about four and a half weeks
0: is that kind of a good i know some people like prefer like the eight week camp but four weeks yeah. that's something you kind of like
3: yeah i like it i mean i it was kind of i think it was uh yeah it's about four and four and a half weeks it was like official but it was about two weeks before that i was like we're, we're talking, I was kind of pushing with my manager, um, Jason House, Iridium, and they're like, you know, uh, we're working on it, we're talking with them, and I know you want to stay busy, he's like, I'm ready to go, and they're saying, he's ready to go, um, and then I had mentioned, like, oh, this fight fell out, I'm like, what about him, what about them, and then there was a couple other fights, so since my last fight back in June, I saw a few different fights fall out, and it was like. I think one of them was a week I was like, hey, can I can I jump in on that? And they're like, oh, no, they already got someone. And So that happened a couple of times where I, I tried jumping in on stuff um, within a week or two, a really short notice, and they already found um, a replacement for those opponents.
0: How much easier did it make negotiations that you're both rep by Jason Howe? So I assume it probably wasn't too difficult to make in this fight.
3: Yeah, I don't know. I think it just worked out. I was – I was asking to stay busy. His his opponent fell out and I'm I'm right there um you know I I've, I've been you know close to the rankings for a little bit. I'm you know press the impressive win that I recently had um you know gives me some leverage I feel like with with uh someone fighting someone like Grant.
0: Uh just last thing back at the Apex like is that disappointing for you, not in front of fans, or did you kind of like that experience? I liked it. It was cool.
3: I could hear my corner. I could hear his corner uh, pretty well. Um, I know the last the last show was at T-Mobile Arena, right? Yeah. So I think that was sold out. So that that would be cool. You know, someday uh, get back into a packed arena would be nice. But I, I do like the intimacy of the Apex
0: Center. It's cool. All right, well, Ricky, I appreciate the time. Thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, thanks, man. All right, we're joined by UFC Light Heavyweight, Ike Phil who's back in action here pretty soon. Ike, how's it going, man?
4: And doing good, man. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, third fight already this year. Like, I know you lost your last one, but, like, was this the right time for you to return? Because it is... Like, it's only, like, four months after your last fight.
4: Yeah, man. I was hoping for November, December, and then uh, just right after Labor Day, I uh, got the message on a Sunday, and Jason How said, here we go. Like, you know, you don't look at opponents, look at film. Man, let's go, man. Uh, there's no doubt. I'm a veteran in this game. I've been fought short notice plenty of times. But I still have plenty of time to get ready, and uh, I'm excited for it, and I look forward to
0: putting it on the show. Uh, just quickly, like, your last fight, what do you kind of take away from that one?
4: Man, uh I let him off the hook, man. Uh, he was he was done in the first, man. I just didn't have that. Uh, I shouldn't finish him, man. I didn't unload like I should have. It's part of the fight game. You understand. If you don't take away the positives and what you do to, to fix it, uh, you didn't get involved as a fighter, man. I had him hurt, and uh, I should have went for the shot and got him down and got him out of there. Uh I let him off the hook. The second round, man, he just made a great switch and caught me in the liver, man. Hey. That lever kick is tough, man. You see some of the best go down. It happens, man. It was a delayed reaction, too. I was like, God, man. But, hey, hats off to him, man. Great great guy, man. We got to talk at the fight, man. Respect the sport. as martial artist. And, uh, hey, man, he got me. But, hey, I'm ready to bounce back, man. Look forward to it. And uh, this guy's uh, it's a good fight to bounce back, to, man, because I like this guy. I like his record. It motivates me to keep on pushing. It's that, uh... It's that Rocky versus the young Tommy Gunn, so I'm excited for that, man. This little young, hungry fighter. Okay, I'm the veteran, man. I ain't no stepping stone, so like, I'll meet you in the cage.
0: Yeah, that's kind of what I want to touch on because Nick's a guy. Like, he fought in the UFC, lost his debut, then he took two years off, then he ends up winning his last fights. So, like, how much do you know about him?
4: Yeah, there's not much. There's not much out there. I mean, you can see. I mean, he comes forward. Dude loves, he low, got a strong overhand. Uh, he's real t- – He's predictable. You see what's coming. Yeah, I mean, but like I said, uh, he has a lot of man, you. You read the stories he, you know, about him grabbing the fence and stuff like that. And he's, he got some little dirty ways. But hey, it's my job to get in there and put on a show, man. Like I said, uh, I don't think he's fighting anybody like me that can make it an ugly fight. I mean, the first fight he lost, you see that guy really took it to him and made it ugly for him. He takes a he takes a beating in this fight. So like his face, you'll see him, and he gets touched up and. It, he gets pretty black and blue quick. So it's my job to really put my hands in his face and make him move, make it ugly, man. So, uh, hey, I got to be ready all around for this fight, man. And we're really pushing it. Coach Spineda, Coach Krubal Perez, and uh, Chico Young. Hey, man, we're killing it, man. I had to go get me a good strength trainer uh, down here at Olin with Dr. Lou and really pushing me uh, to push my gas tank so I can get that finished.
0: Uh, how do you kind of see yourself winning this fight? Because when you win, like most of the time, you find that knockout shot.
4: Yeah, I just got to be patient. I can't rush it. If you rush him with this guy, he's looking for that body lock and look to get you down. So, man, I really got to be patient, man, because uh, he wants me to come in there and let, make it easy night for him. Nah, I got to frustrate him, get in his head a little bit and make it. But I will capitalize. I will find that right hand, just being patient. And really making it a fight, man. It's like I said, with USC, man. It's a chess match. You really got to be patient. You on that rushing it? You have seen this weekend? There's a lot of guys that rock guys early, and they jumped on them, and it happened. They gassed out, man. The, the first fight, then uh, the Morea's fight. Was, I think that was the last one of the prelims, man. He gassed out. He had his guy hurt, and he just gassed out. It happens. So I really got to be patient and let it come, man. Uh, but I see myself, you know, getting him with the hands. I think my hand speed could be a little bit too much for him. But hey, it's a UFC man. I look forward to seeing what else he has. Uh,
0: that patient approach, like, how much does that help? Like, because that's something you kind of know as you get like more experience. You're obviously the veteran in this fight. Like, do you think that's something that he might not really know, where maybe he hurts you and he might kind of yeah. do that same thing and gas himself? Yeah, because
4: you, yeah, man, uh, I've been there down the road plenty. Of- you got to imagine, we're in the UFC for a reason. We're there. So, you think you're just going to rock us and we're going to fold and go down? Nah. Man, we're coming back. You got to be ready for the check hook. And, man, I got one of the best check hooks in the game. So, I look forward hey, man, it's man. It's a chess match. But uh, I like this. Uh, this fight, I'm a little motivated, a little hungry for. Hey, it's all part of the game, man. Let's get to work, bro.
0: He has a bit of a reach advantage on you, I think it's like four or five inches. Like, how do you kind of deal with that in the fight? got to get inside, double, triple jazz,
4: man, move, faint, keep them guessing. I mean, because like I said, I've been boxing for years, so man, ain't nothing new. My training partners have longer reaches, I see it every day. So, man, even the guys I fought, Ray was bigger than me. Uh, she, last guy I had longer reach, so ain't nothing new. It's how you use it, you can have a great. Reach, but can you use it? Can you throw your jab? Can you throw doubles and triples? We'll see.
0: Uh, Daniel Pineda, like, how important has he been throughout this entire time? Because he's has a, such a great mind for the, for the sport. Yeah, I
4: mean, uh, this fight camp, I've kind of been pushing towards him and letting him take control, letting him do things. This camp, because you know, he knows he knows this guy, with the, he's a you know, Romanian. So his style is that Sambo style. He wants that body lock. He wants to come in, throw the overhand, and catch me flat-footed, look for to lock me up. And, man, he's been kicking my ass in the gym just with my training partners, going six-minute rounds, really trying to push my cardio, and just wants me to get in that ugly mindset already. I mean, you do it in the gym. As long as you getting your ass whooped in the gym, hey, the fight's easier. So get your ass whooped now in the fight and make it look easy. So that's the thing about it. I'm very thankful for all my training partners that really pushed me because they want me to win this fight, man. It's a motivating fight, and I'm glad that I have my whole team back me up.
0: You keep saying, like, this is a motivating fight. Like, what is this for? Like, do you think it's, like, kind of do or die, or do you think you're just trying to get back in the win column?
4: No, it's just because um, I look at it as, get yeah, my thing is I'm the vet. This is a young guy that's 10-1. He has a lot, of, a lot of hype. You like that. As a fighter – you want fights like this. This is what motivates you. You don't want no guy that's okay, he wants to be fight, lose the streak. This is a hungry fight, man. You want to get hungry? Go go beat these little young kids, these newcomers coming up. And that's what I like. And probably probably took it, oh man, he's an old dog. He's on he had a couple losses. Uh, so they probably think, uh, I'm a am nobody. So hey man, we're gonna find out, man. October twenty third,
0: man. You fighting uh not fighting a little chihuahua, man. You fighting a pit in there. I'm ready to eat. All right. Were you a bit disappointed they didn't put you on either of the Houston pay-per-view cards because you kind of missed them just by a bit?
4: Yeah, man. I was uh, I was down, man. But hey, if I took care of business, I think I already got on there, man. I was like, man, that was my goal to really try to push, but it didn't happen. And that's my dream to fight on these cars, man. Just, uh, just experience that crowd, man. That's what I want to have a lot of fans. Well, I had one sponsor, man. I, I told him not to do it, man. He went and bought tickets to this fight for the VIP experience to the Apex. I'm like, man, that's love, man. Guys who really do that because UFC they charge like two thousand dollars to So I'm like, dude. <laughs> but hey, man, anybody that does that, man, that's a loyal fan that just wants to experience that with me and glad to have fans fans in attendance. But man, uh, yeah, I felt. A little upset, but he's part of the game, man. One day, man, I'll enjoy this crowd, man. I just got to take care of business, and hey, man, so I can be here for that.
0: With the apex being the smaller octagon, like how much are you kind of drilling about not letting your back hit the fence? Because that's kind of what he wants—is kind of just be able to clinch you along the fence. Yeah, got
4: to man like the gym, man. We got to kind of roped off and kind of you know drill like the same size as the cage. But you got you got to keep moving. This is man, it's. You got to a the chess match. Like I said, you got to know where you're at at all times. You better move. When you're moving, you better throw because you ain't throwing. They're going to keep coming. So, uh, like I said, with 4 ounce gloves, man, only so much you can take. So, man, I'm going to throw these bombs, and it's coming, man. This is going to be an entertaining fight. I ain't going to let the crowd down. And like I said, man, don't get up during this fight because this fight is going to be a hell of a fight, man. I'm here to make it Fight. I'm not here to go to the decision. Every fight I go, I'm trying to finish. And uh, I look forward to really putting
0: on a show this fight. You get your hand raised here. Like where do you think that kind of puts you in the division? Man, it puts me right back into the mix, man. Shit. there's a
4: lot of guys out there that I can I can be fighting, man. There's no names out there, but I'm just looking to keep on pushing, right, man. Just keep on feeding me whoever you want, man. Uh I don't say no to nobody. And like I said, uh I asked for the, the guy that just wanted to the series that like that little Russian dude that he just came out to, he looked good, but they gave it to the guy that beat me last. So that's a fight I like to fight down the road, man. I like I like entertaining fights. I guys just gonna take me down, hold me down. No, nah, man, let's go entertain the crowd, man. Give these crowd the crowd, please, the fight, man. Let's do that, man. like I said, there's certain fighters that do that, but that's boring, man. Let's entertain. But it's part of MMA, man, part of the game. So you gotta do what you gotta do. But we'll see what goes next.
0: You get your hand raised here. Like, do you plan to call anyone out, or is it just whoever the UFC offers you? And as long as like you think it's gonna be an exciting fight, you'll take that's- it.
4: Exactly, man. Hey, my, if I take care of business, I'm telling USC, put me on a pay-per-view card. Let me enjoy the crowd, man. Shit, McMain Jason House, man, give me the get USC Houston, man. Next time y'all come here, man, I want to be in the crowd. I want to be fighting. I don't want to be sitting in my seat, man. Uh, so that's my goal. I hey, put on the show and let them see, hey, man, okay, let's put this guy on the card and let the hometown crowd you know, get experience my me being there.
0: Uh, just last thing, you've already had three fights this year. Come this one, which is a good year for most of you. But are you hoping you get one more in? You get your hand raised here. You think this is probably it for this year?
4: Uh nah, man. This is probably it for the year. I got a lot of things I got to do on the back on my end, man. I got I got kids and uh, my boys. Uh, right now we're number two in the state in football right now, so we got a state championship. We're getting ready for man I'm about to make a strong run. My daughters, uh, they got fall softball, I mean, a lot of stuff. So I got daddy duties on my end. I got to take care of. I wish I could get back in there for another one. I was hoping to do it, like, in August and December. But, no, I mean, the way it's planned out, man, hey, daddy duties first, man. I know it's my job, but I still got to, hey, my kids in my life.
0: I guess that works out pretty well, too, so then you can spend, like, Thanksgiving and Christmas with the kids as well.
4: Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, that's life, too, man. That's stuff I got to do back in with work and stuff. Hey, but next year I plan to get three to four fights in. And, hey, as long as I'm healthy, I have no problem fighting. So I look forward to it.
0: Well, Ike, I appreciate the time as always. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you, brother. All right, we're joined by UFC Flyweight, Jeff Molina, who's finally back in action again. Jeff, how's it going, man?
5: Yeah, let's go. Uh, I'm good, man. I'm good. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing well. Uh, Timing-wise, like about six months later, is this kind of longer than what you figured it would be for after your uh, debut? Uh,
5: yeah, a little bit. There were some, um, there's always injuries going into a fight, man, and uh, I had some nagging injuries coming into the, the, the debut. Um, so a little longer than I, than I wanted, but, uh, I, I, got, I got that stuff sorted out and, uh, I'm healthy.
0: And your opponent, uh, Daniel Lacerda, like <laughs> how much do you know about him?
5: To be honest, uh, n- not much, man. Um, I feel like the, the research that we needed to be done is done. Uh, I, I don't watch a ton of film on my opponents. Um, I watched a lot of film in general, but not, not too much my opponents uh, enough to kind of get the gist. And then I let my coaches handle the rest. But uh, I think he fought the day before he got signed um, or a day or two before he got signed. So uh, I got to watch his last fight. And then I watched uh, his fight, his fight second to last, I guess. And, uh, you know, we took what we needed to get from it. And uh, enough, enough research has been done.
0: How much are you looking back at your last fight? Because it's a very similar situation. Like a guy that. Not well known to a lot of the North American audience, and like one you kind of had to did, do a lot of digging to find stuff on,
5: yeah. Uh, Daniel was a little easier to find. Um, on uh, Philemon, uh, uh fuck, I forgot how you pronounce the name, what, I don't like want to butcher Corey it. Corey but,
0: Lang, something like yes, that.
5: Yes, yes, I'll let you butcher it. <laughs> um, he, uh, dude, like it was impossible to find on and like you had to like type it into like uh, Chinese or Mandarin to, to even find uh, his last fight, but. Luckily, we found it like a week or two before the fight, but this was a little easier. Um, as, as far as uh, Daniel, like he's, he's similar to uh, to Archie Long, um, and, and the fact that he's just super aggressive. Uh, I, I feel like my last two opponents have been that way. Jacob Silva was shorter, a little fire hydrant, 5'4 for contender series. Excuse me, but through big hooks and big overhands, uh, my last opponent uh, Archie Long was uh, throwing big hooks and big overhands at me, and uh, I feel like this guy's finally my size and is, is gonna be throwing big hooks and big overhands at me and he's uh he's pretty aggressive and I, and I like that man.
0: How much does James crows help with that because he breaks down fighters I think, better than anyone does
5: yeah man he uh, he helps a ton the dude is a wizard he's good at what he, he's great at what he does man uh, in my opinion he should have been in contention for coach of the year, but that's a different that's a different discussion. Um, yeah, he's super valuable and, and helpful in, in that sense, man. The way he breaks down fights, I love watching fights with him. Um, I'm huge on film, dude. Like, uh, if, I, if I'm not training, I'm usually watching fights. Uh, there's not much I'd do in between, uh, especially in camp. So uh, you can learn from other people's successes and mistakes while watching film. And, and that's, that's the good part about film. Like, you're not taking any brain damage and learning from other people's mistakes and successes. So James is the best at that, and he helps a ton
0: your opponent like just basically what I've noticed is a lot of the finishes are early in that first round so is this a fight like you and James are kind of thinking like let's get out of that first round see what he's like in the second and third round
5: uh no not really man um I, I feel like my last performance wasn't uh wasn't really a a directive of what like I'm capable of uh it, it just you know there there's a lot of mistakes I made and uh i'm coming off of like two fights of the nights, so, like my contender series fight dana said after the fight it was like it was that was fight of the night i just didn't get the the check for it um and then my debut i got fight of the night and i don't want to be having these competitive fights man um uh, or at least any type of back and forth in it and, and i know the level of competition i'm fighting is the highest now Like i find the very best in the world but i, I know what i'm capable of and uh I want clean kills from here on out, man. I want performance of the night. And I feel like this is the 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 right opponent, stylistically, to, to do that. Um, I, there's no way this fight's going to a decision, man. With his style and, and how aggressive he is and how he comes forward and the way I come forward, uh, I, I, I don't see this going past the first round, really. And if it does, there's no way it's going to a decision.
0: How do you see yourself winning? Because I honestly wouldn't be surprised if this hits the ground at some point as well.
5: Yeah, yeah. Um, Man, uh, KO, TKO submission, I'll take what I can get, but uh, I'm comfortable everywhere. Uh, I pride myself in being a mixed martial artist and, and being good everywhere. And, uh, yeah, I just, I just don't see going to decision as far as outcome. I, I can see me clipping him on the chin, he goes down, and I sob him or TKO finish. But either way, it'll be a finish.
0: What do you think a win over Daniel does for you? Like, flag division is kind of wide open. Like, I wouldn't be surprised a ranked opponent's next if you win this one.
5: Yeah, man. Um, Yeah, this division, you're only one fight away from being ranked. But, uh, man, I'm young. I'm 24 years young. I turned 24 last month or a month and a half ago now. Um, I want want to take my time. Uh, I don't care if I have to fight every single person in this division to make my my way towards the title or, or get a title shot it's um i get better every day man um i'm in no hurry but i I know one day i'll be the champ of this division so i want to take my time and 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 work my way up um so i'm in no hurry to get to the title shot and i'll fight each and every person i get offered
0: are you hoping maybe are you hoping like one more fight this year you think this is it for you just because you're fighting near the end of october i think uh
5: god willing i get that clean kill uh i'm I'm trying to get i get one more in this year
0: do you really have anyone in mind or is it just like you mentioned it's kind of whoever the UFC offers you and just working your way up yeah
5: they can all get it man uh the figure arrows brother I I love the fight stylistically he's another aggressive guy I think he's kind of similar to the guy I'm fighting I I love that matchup uh Cody Durden he's been talking some shit I'd love to smack him up um yeah really I'll fight anybody man uh I let my manager and coach handle that if uh like I tell James this all the time, like if you say yes, I say yes. Like don't even don't even ask me like if I if I like the matchup or not, like sign for me. Uh you know, I have full faith in, in my coach and my manager, so whatever they say goes.
0: Yeah, where'd this Cody stuff come from? I think I saw it like like a day ago or two days ago, like he was just tweeting a bunch of stuff to you and I know Tim Elliott stepped in and said something as well.
5: Yeah, man. Uh, not, not sure. Uh the dude doesn't have a win inside the UFC. Uh I don't know where, where it comes from. Uh jealousy, hatred. Uh he talk he's been talking shit on Tim for years. Uh he called me out after my last fight and I was like, dude, so if I get a contract with your name on it, I'm signing. Uh not not sure really where, where that comes from, but uh, you know, he, he's got he's got something else to worry about here in a couple months. But if he gets a win uh, and after I beat this guy up, I'm down to set that up.
0: How much has Tim been helping this camp? Just because you guys are kind of fighting, what, two weeks apart or something like that?
5: Yeah, man. Uh, he actually asked me to corner him for, for his fight, which I'm super stoked about. Like, Tim is someone I've been looking up to since I, since I started in the sport, since I was really a kid, man, since I was 14, 15 years old. I remember watching him fight live for Titan after he got cut from the UFC the first time, and it was one of the most entertaining fights I've ever seen, and I've mimicked my, my style off of him, just being uh, bonus-friendly, uh, exciting, entertaining. Uh, I got that Tim, so it's really cool to have him as one of my main training partners, and even to be able to, to corner him in, in, in his fight. Um, yeah, it, it's uh, it's awesome, and he's a huge, huge, huge help to my game.
0: Who's going to be in your corner? Like, James, obviously, then who are the other two?
5: Yeah, yeah, Krams, Um Jason Hyde would usually be my second corner, but uh, UFC vet, Jason Hyde, Dream vet, Strikeforce yep. vet, everything vet. He's the man. He's, uh, I've been with him since I was 14. He's been coaching me since I was 14 years old. And unfortunately, he won't be able to make this one. He's got uh, bigger and better things. Uh, he's got a baby girl due uh, the day before my fight. So he's going uh, to have a daughter again. Um, so he'll be busy doing that. So my second corner will be Julian Marquez. Um, he actually fights the, the week before I do. So I think he's going to hang around in Vegas and then just slide into the, the fighter hotel again. And then my third corner will be uh Mohamed Zwolak. He's a he's a forty five er who just went pro. He's a stud. He's a Southpaw, kind of like Daniel. You know, kind of even look alike, man. So uh he'll be, he's he's been a good look for me this camp, and uh he'll be out there with me uh for fight night.
0: Well, what's fight week like when you got Julian and James together? Because I talked to both of them, and especially Julian. Like I don't know how you can be like uh, not happy talking to him or just being around yeah. him
5: very different personalities but uh it's awesome man it's just like hanging with the with the boys you know it's a it's a cool vibe and you know fight week there's a lot of stuff like there's a weight cut and then you're not feeling the best and they, they make everything easy man so uh, this is the first time Julian's in the corner me but I already know how it's gonna be uh just the way he is and he's a really given person and he's the man man he's like a, he's like a big brother to me so it'd be cool to to, to have him there and just have just have fight week with the boys like those memories i'll have for for the rest of my life um are all the little fight weeks like the, the fight week in jacksonville and then this fight week in in vegas and even the fight week i'm gonna have with tim like those are all gonna i'm gonna remember those for the rest of my life uh,
0: how different is it gonna be you went from the first event back with fans to now you're going to the apex in front of no one but i guess you cornered tim bit earlier so you can get a kind of a little peek at what it's like
5: yeah man uh it's familiar territory just because the contender series, uh, contender series was in the apex and, uh, a fight to fight at the end of the day, whether there's 15,000 people there, if it's just Dana and like five other people, like for contender series, man, you could hear like a pin drop in there. It was dead quiet. And to me, it's it's a fight at the end of the day. It'll be cool to, to have James there at the apex. He, he's pretty loud in general. So it'll be cool to have his cornering and coaching with, uh, with no one screaming. <laughs> um, I didn't get to have him for contender series. Um, just because he tested positive for COVID and we didn't have any coaches and that was its own story on its own but it would be cool to, to experience James Krause's cornering and coaching at the Apex and yeah like you said I'll, I'll be cornering Tim so I get to kind of be able to visualize myself there and, and experience it once again before uh it's my time to go out there and, and compete
0: how is James Krause not nominated for coach of the year though that's something Dude. I don't understand because I always look at it like James Krause bring people outside the UFC into the UFC or guys that are probably one loss away from getting cut. Now all of a sudden they're on a winning streak to the people that are coached, the nominee for coach of the year are like the ATTs, the Sanfords. It's like, you're always going to have world champions there. Like where James is building all these people up and, and realistically, like who really wants to live out in Kansas city when you could go out to Florida or California or Vegas or all those places.
5: But yeah, let's talk about that. Cole. Yeah. that. That's a, uh, you're a hundred percent right, man. Um, like some of the people nominated on there, uh, like Trevor Whitman is a phenomenal coach, but if we're talking about Rose and, and Usman, uh, like Usman was a world champ before he got to Whitman. Um, like Kraus is building these guys up from nothing. Uh, I was one and two as a pro when I came to Kraus. Um There's a ton of stories like that, man. Kevin Kroom is another example. And if we're talking about this year, which is what coach of the year is, man, like, The track record speaks for itself like he's got julian marquez with two bonuses fight of the night and a performance of the night he's got jason witt with the fight of the night he's uh uh, derek minner got a win in the ufc this year um i got a win in the ufc this year with a fight of the night bonus um tim elliott got a got a win this year in the ufc uh i can keep going grant dawson another uh, performance of the night uh, with the last second knockout over a guy that hadn't lost in like 16 years like He's building people up from scratch. Like, Grant's been with him since, like, seven years ago. You can't say that with other coaches, man. Like, you, like uh, Jason Perillo was on that list. How? Like, he coaches Cheeto Vera and Mackenzie Bering, And, like, Michael Bisping hasn't fought since Nam, So, he's not, like, an active fighter. Um, and, granted, there's coaches that should be on there, like um, like Eric Nixick. But it's just kind of uh, mind-boggling not seeing James on that list, man. Knowing, like, this dude spent six weeks – at the apex, back-to-back, back, a fighter on the card every week, a homegrown fighter in the card every week. And like you said, we're, we're in butt fuck Missouri, dude. We're not out here in uh, sunny Florida or, or sunny California. So it's a, it's a different move, man. Um, we got people from all over the, the, the country coming to see us. We got James Gallagher here. We got uh, Dakota Bush. We got a bunch of uh, people coming up here to train just because uh, his track record speaks for itself, man. And, and In my opinion, he's the best coach in the world.
0: Yeah, it would be a lot different if your gym was in one of these places where everyone wants to go to. But, like, to pack up and move to Kansas City just to train under one guy kind of says a lot about how good of a coach they are.
5: Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Uh,
0: just a couple more things. In in your own division, they rebooked the trilogy. Like, what are your kind of thoughts on Moreno, Figure three?
5: Uh, I'm about it, man. Why not? Uh, I think I saw like a stat that was like the fastest uh, trilogy ever to be made. It's like the three fights are happening within a 12-month period. Uh, I'm cool with it. I think for Moreno, it's it's a smart move, uh, like a smart business move. Like I think it's the easiest title defense he could get Um, uh, as far as like fighting Askrov or Pantoja. I think those are harder fights for him than, than Figgy, especially just having – beating him the way he did in the last fight like that that's a mental thing like i just dominated this dude made it almost look easy in the last go around so i, I think that's the easiest way for him to, to get a title defense and a, a six-figure payday
0: and just last thing cody garbrandt's also dropping down like how do you think he's gonna fare at flyweight
5: dude that that is so cool like I, I would love to fight that guy in the future like the fact that he's coming out of flyweight to, to the division I've been fighting in since I was 15 years old. And now, you know, I'm a colleague or a coworker, worker whatever you want to call it. Uh, and, like, it's it's possible that one day I could fight that dude. Like, that's pretty cool, man. Uh, he's going to bring eyes to the division. He, he's got the look with the, you know, all tatted up. And he's got the name, being a former champ. So, I think he'll uh, do nothing but good things um, for the flyweights. And then I hope he does well, man. Uh, he's got Kai Car France in front of him. I think stylistically, it's a uh, it's a tough matchup, man. Kai, Kai cracks hard, and um, I think if Cody can avoid the the car crashes and and the slugfest um, that is like just natural to him, he can get it done.
0: And it might sound crazy, but I actually think he might actually do better at Flyweight because. Like, when he fought on, like, 227, the rematch with Dillashaw. Like, California releases, like, the fight night weight. He weighed less than both Cejudo and Johnson, who were fighting in the flyweight title fight. To fight before. Yeah, man. So like, I remember seeing that as well. Cool. I, I,
5: he's not. Yeah. Um Yeah, he, he might. You know, it, there's a lot of variables with that. It's like, how does that speed transfer over to flyweights? Is the speed not much of a factor because of uh, – You know, we're small people, so we're used to seeing that speed. Like, that was one of his big advantages at 35 is that he was super fast. Um, We've seen it before with, like, Edson Barbosa. Like, he came down to 45. He's no longer one of the fastest guys. Like, he's fast. Don't get me wrong. The dude's a freak athlete, but Giga was way – like, his hands were way faster than than Barbosa's. So, um, I wonder if that's going to be a factor with Cody because that was one of his big, um, you know, big attributes was, like, the dude's super quick with his hands – so you know we'll see how that plays out but yeah i think he'll do better at 25 uh you know we don't hit as hard as uh, the 35ers but kai's one of those guys that, that might hit harder than a 35 or might hit like a 45 or so uh we'll, we'll see man
0: all right well jeff i appreciate your time as always thank you so much for doing this
5: yeah for sure brother thanks for having me yeah,
2: yeah have a good-